And that's, in fact, where the connection is. Um, the, the process that sits in the business layer of the other is the same process that we concerned with in the BPM practice. Welcome to Process Pioneers, the show that takes a deep dive into the minds of decision makers, key influencers, and process experts who are pioneering the world of everything process. Welcome to the next episode of Process Pioneers. My name is Daniel Rayner. I'm the host of Process Pioneers. Uh, very excited to have you here for our next episode. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time, a warm welcome. We have a, a very large database of uh, videos of, of episodes from Process Pioneers where we sit down with uh, industry experts and, and practitioners in the, in the field of business process management uh, and other uh, complementary fields as well. So there's a huge database there. And if you are uh, coming back or joining us again, uh, a, a long-time listener or a short-time listener, then welcome back to you as well. Uh, we'd really appreciate any ratings, reviews on any of the, the platforms that you listen to us on. It's going to help us continue to spread the message, spread uh, the podcast series and get this educational content out to more listeners, which is what we're all about. So in today's episode, I have the absolute privilege of sitting down with Mobin Virati. Uh, Mobin Virati is a principal consultant Consultant at Modern Business Innovations. Uh, so very excited to sit down with Mobin today. Mobin, thanks for joining me. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for having me. So we were having a bit of a chat uh, before we got started today, Mobin, and we're talking about uh, this topic of uh, enterprise architecture and business process management, uh, how they work together, how they complement one another. Um, and I think it's a big topic uh, or, or a uh, a, a good topic for us to focus on because I think there's a lot of um, a, a lot of different myths out there. A lot of people that that have different uh, thoughts around those two disciplines and how they do work together. Oftentimes, or at least in my experience, uh, you'll talk to the enterprise architect architecture team and they're not really interested in the process space. And you'll talk to the process team and they're not so interested into the in the enterprise architecture space. I know that you have uh, done a lot of work over the past few years in really bringing these two disciplines together in the various organizations that you've worked at. So can you, I guess, let's start there. How does enterprise architecture and BPM, uh, how does it go together? How does it work together? Mm. Um, so I'll start with uh, kind of giving a quick definition of these two different practices uh, and then kind of make the connection Towards, uh, uh, towards the end of giving the definition. Uh, with enterprise architecture, one organization expects to understand the different uh, moving parts of the enterprise uh, um, from the business layers or information layers or technology layers, um, applications and whatnot, and then creates, a, um, creates an orchestration of these layers in order to support uh, the uh, enterprise uh, or the organization's objectives. Um, from BPM perspective, then it is a practice to uh, kind of methodically and systematically supports uh, the creation, development, enhancements of the business processes, again, to support the organization's objectives. Uh, so when, when you think about <coughs> these two uh, areas or these two disciplines and how they can integrate with each other. Uh, I think uh, processes 
sit really well and nicely within the business layer of enterprise architecture. Uh, when you look at the different meta models in BPM, also architecture, um, uh, enterprise architecture meta models, for example, Togaf or um, Archimate or Zachman or any any other, then you see uh, you see the process appears in both um, meta models, and that's in fact where the connection is. Um, the, the process that sits in the business layer of the other is the same process that we are concerned with in the BPM practice. So I think the, the connection between those two, um, two disciplines is, is very well established. Uh, and uh, it is, in fact, the, the point that these two uh, functions, if you, uh, for example, put them into context of an organization, should see and uh, should, should see that, that connection and how they can collaborate to, um, to, to work together. Um, so I think that's uh, from uh, the definition how they relate. Uh, one other thing I want to add is uh, most of the time, the, the challenges come from, um, uh, I think, a single thing. Uh, uh, process people, uh, people who understand BPM, uh, may not have the expertise in the technical space, mm. in the technology space, how to create an application, how to configure an application, how to create a network, how to create a secure network, how to um, manage information. Uh, and that's where uh, they may not have the, the experience. Uh, the architecture team on the other side may be really good at all of them except the process and the business layer in, um, in the architecture. Uh, architecture uh, 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 practice. Uh, in the business layer, you see the process and you see the products and services and the value streams and the organizations and the uh, events and the controls. All of them are very much aligned with BPM, but then potentially the architecture team is more like a technical architecture team, mm. not an enterprise architecture team. Therefore, mm. Uh, from people want to come together and work on a topic that shared knowledge or awareness may not be established between them. Mm. Hence, uh, that could create some, um, some, some challenges for these functions to work together very closely. Mm, yeah. So it sounds like the organizational culture has a big impact on the effectiveness on, on bringing these two disciplines together? Um, absolutely. I think the, the way that the organization expects different functions to, to perform and uh, the, the sort of um, definition of what those functions are about uh, plays a big role. Um, for, for me, if... Um, I wanted to, for, for example, uh, uh, suggest a, uh, a proper uh, structure for an organization. I would look at how the organization would see those functions, what mm. sort of definitions uh, those um, uh, functions might have uh, from the lens of the key stakeholders. And then before proposing a structure, I would go and spend some time to create awareness and educate the stakeholders about the value 
of this integration and this this connection. Mm. Once that understood and that uh, appreciated, it makes it easy or easier to to propose a structure that is not two separate functions as such. It is the same function, but a sub-team or a sub-capability of that team uh, would become responsible for the business layer of the architecture process at the center of that. And then whatever they uh, identify, analyze, and improve, if some of the improvement ideas should be implemented through technology, uh, then the integration of that function would enable the implementation of proper technology solutions to eventually enhance the business process. Mm. Uh, so that would be um, the, the approach that uh, I've applied mm. uh, in uh, a couple of um, um, clients that I work with and um, I found it effective before, in fact, uh, proposing the change, spend some time to, to educate and, and generate that uh, understanding and awareness across the board. Yes, yeah, and I'd imagine the education piece is, would be huge because you've got different people at, at different levels, different stakeholders that you need to engage in this journey. Um, now we've got a big audience listening to this that are from different areas of an organisation. We've got senior leaders, we've got people from the uh, process team, process practitioners, we've, we've probably got some enterprise architects listening um, as well. For, for those um people that are part of, say, the process team, um, but there isn't so much of that sort of collaboration or cross-sharing of knowledge currently happening in their organisation. Maybe it's two isolated sort of areas that that don't have that relationship. How how do you begin to form that bridge there? Is Is this something where you can only do it from the top down? You need to get a senior leader on board, or is this something that you can start building from the ground up? I think, uh, as always, it should be done uh, at, at those two levels. So you need to get the, the senior leaders on board and uh, kind of sponsor this approach. Uh, and then uh, from the uh, bottom up, you, then you need to educate the actual uh, doers and people who are going to be engaged in, in this in this change or in this process. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like you, you just uh, get a direction from the top and you just execute. I've, I've never seen that's been uh, uh, very successful. And yes. then without the, the sponsorship, it is also very difficult to, to make effective changes. So right. I think both of those um, approaches uh, at the same time should be applied. One thing I want to add, uh, Daniel, is... Um, uh, you know, for example, when, when you're in a in an organization where you have dif- a, a mix of capabilities, for example, you have your uh, agile practitioners, you have the scrum masters, really good in uh, bringing uh, people to the party and then prioritize uh, based on the most important um, needs, and then kind of guide the team and support the team to deliver solutions in a timely manner. Mm. And then you have the developers or uh, engineers who are really good in understanding the, the software development lifecycle. Uh, you have the testers, you have you know the analysts. Each one uh, of these uh, 
professionals bring a, a, a big value to the table. Mm. So then you, you have the process analysts, you, the process architects that they are working on uh, another uh, subject matter and they're really good at it. So if, if you can kind of create that awareness of how each one of these disciplines and practices can, can help and support the other one uh, and then help people to understand if, for example, I have this information documented, mm-hmm. uh, though it might not be the top priority for uh, from agile perspective to document mm-hmm. many things, but then with a proper documentation of the solution and then mm-hmm. having all that information in a single repository, then you're actually enabling every other project uh, to reuse that information, such information. And just to generate that um, that awareness and uh, help people to understand the value of these little things that they may need to do additionally mm. so it can help the other projects or the other practices uh, and it prevents a lot of rework yes. uh, to kind of get to the same point. Um, so I think uh, that uh, the, the, the time that you spend on bringing people together and help them to understand as a uh, as a common uh, understanding of how uh, architecture practice and BPM practice can work together alongside other practices, agile practice and software development and engineering practices, mm. and, and, and many of those. Mm. How all this work together, um, that's the time that are going to uh, pay back, uh, you know, multiple folds. Yes, yes. And do you have a, a specific story um, that, that you can share with the audience of one of one of these light bulb moments where, you know, maybe you've been bringing someone on a journey, on this journey of how the two disciplines work together, um, and maybe it was someone that might have been sceptical beforehand or they, they weren't quite sure how, like, the, the value that it could bring. And then it sounds like um, at a, a number of the organisations where you've been bringing these two together, um, that I would imagine that there would have been some people that are like, oh, wow, Mervyn, I get it. Like, thank you for taking the time and and, and thank you for your approach. Um, you know, I, I finally understand why this is so important that we uh, br- build this bridge between these two disciplines, that they work hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, can you t- can you take us on a bit of a journey or tell a story about a, a particular example like that? Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, a few months ago, I received a, a message from uh, one of the uh, agile coaches of an organization I work with, uh, kind of saying, I worked with uh, many architects before in this organization and um, organization before this. And um, I've never worked with such approach. So uh, he was um, supporting the approach of applied, taking time to talk to people and bring them on board and not to impose uh, architecture governance processes and tools and methods on them without them being involved and engaged in the discussion to, to understand why all these things matter. Um, so he was uh, uh, he was kind of praising with the way you've done it here, I can see the value. I was not sure if we ever needed an architecture practice in the organization. And now you've joined and done all this work. It, it sounds like 
you're going to go somewhere good with this and you have my full support. So that was a good um, good feedback, specifically mm. from an area that I consider our most uh, uh, annoyed with architecture practice, if you like, uh, because uh, though um, you can prefix Agile or BPM, uh, uh, BPM or uh, architecture with Agile, you can prefix, call it Agile BPM, Agile architecture. But mm. if you want to kind of compare the speed of, um, you know, uh, a squad a solution delivery uh, and mm. the, the release um, cycle time um, mm. with what architecture BPM can, uh, can offer, uh, it slows it down. Mm. Um, so it is not something that, uh, at least in my experience, many agile practitioners are in favor of introducing slowness to, to their process. But having said that, uh, when, when you explain why these um, parameters matter to be included into that process, mm. and you create that awareness, then you potentially can achieve that, uh, that outcome that while the project is being delivered and while the, the squad or uh, the team is uh, creating solutions, but mm. also they can generate enough documentation uh, to, to support um, future projects and enable the architecture continue. Mm, yes, yes, that, no, that's great. And I, I think that um, with that, with with that agile coach, there was obviously a, a journey you took him on uh, to get that position. As you were saying, you know, being able to uh, communicate the why, communicate the value around why we do why are we doing this, and I'd imagine that depending on who you're speaking within the organisation, who depending on who you're trying to bring on this journey, uh, you you may be using different language uh, language that they're familiar with, language that makes sense to them, and and maybe. Uh, focusing the conversation around, well, what, what's what's going to move the needle in their world? Um, because this is going to have an impact on them, um, but they're most interested about how it's going to impact their world, maybe not everything. Mm. I, I think I, I was lucky with my uh, education pathway. Uh, so I started as a software engineer. Uh, so I did a degree in software engineering. Uh, it, it's, it's a long time back. Uh, but I kind of learned about the principles of uh, software engineering. And mm. then I moved to business analysis and further I found myself very interested in business process management. Mm -hmm. So I did a degree in BPM mm -hmm. at Queensland University of Technology. Mm -hmm. And uh, right after that, I did another degree with enterprise systems with a major in enterprise architecture. Right, okay. So I, I think from the uh, understanding of how these different disciplines are adding value to organizations, yes. I studied and learned and practiced. But kind of in the back of my mind, I could connect these practices mm -hmm. together to maximize the value that they can collectively bring to, to the organization. Mm -hmm. uh, what uh, is... Um, my observation is many organizations they have these so many practices, but they are separate. Mm. And the objectives, though, might be um, aligned on paper. In practice, 
they have still some edges that they they do not align. Mm. And that is actually the the potential for further alignment, reduce the rework, reduce the, the waste in those processes and kind of enhance the collective value that all of these practices and, and disciplines can offer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's, it just shows the importance of being able to uh, grow these uh, practices uh, together sort of hand in hand from, from the beginning. I, I'd imagine that if an organization has a very mature uh, uh, process practice, practice as an example, or, or enterprise architecture practice, introducing one of the other, uh, like the, 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 the process side or the enterprise architecture side, it's, I would imagine it would always kind of be, um, at the mercy of whatever's already been established in the other practice. Would you, would you say? Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, um, usually, um, you know, architecture practices are quite established. Uh, in large enterprises, mm. uh, kind of intermediate size organizations uh, are kind of getting to that space now. They've mm. seen the value, but in very large organizations, you've seen architecture slash analysis uh, capabilities are well established. Uh, they have many many years of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, some they have all the four layers. Majority they have the technical layers covered. Mm-hmm. And then when uh, BPM is introduced to the mix, it's relatively newer, younger mm-hmm. in in that space and has to kind of fight to find its own space. Right, right. Um, so it's, it's not uh, ideal uh, to not have that uh, functional definition properly done from the beginning. So then... People from different disciplines don't have to go to a um, to a fight or to a disagreement for their authority and what it is that they're responsible for. Mm. Uh, so uh, it, it, it is an opportunity actually here to before making those um, those um, alignments on paper help mm. uh, the uh, relevant parties, the relevant stakeholders to understand the value. And then define those functions in a way that they work together, mm. uh, not not against each other. Uh, one one simple thing I can uh, think of is um, many of the uh, uh, BPM teams they are focused on process improvement projects, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and not many of them are focused on the continuity of BPM as a practice to to manage the process. It's more a process improvement team, right? Uh, function. Uh, either way, they identify opportunities that are um, only can be realized by implementing or changing technology. Right, right. And with the integration of uh, BPM and, and architecture practices in the right way, you maximize the opportunity to kind of hook the output of the BPM practice to the input of the architecture practice without friction. Yes, and that would be very ideal for an organization to identify opportunities and they can respond to them quickly. Yes, uh, um, so they can kind of close the gaps at all fronts, being the process itself, or the knowledge around the process, or the technology that supports the process. So it would be very, very effective approach. 
in my yes. Great, great. And finally, um, obviously t- today we've been able to dive into this EA BPM topic and and I'm sure that you've uh, certainly piqued the interest of some of the audience that has been listening. So I guess for those that are, are wanting to, I guess, make this bridge between the, these two disciplines, maybe they're sitting in one camp or the other camp or they're currently trying to bring it together, what's, what's the first step, um, I guess, those that maybe haven't started that journey yet, what's the first step that they should do today, tomorrow, um, to, to, to begin this journey? Mm. Uh, thankfully with, uh, YouTube podcasts, uh, you know, um, so many eBooks that are freely available, uh, and of course eBooks that are, um, not too expensive. There is an opportunity to read and learn about, uh, about these these concepts and topics and disciplines, uh, I myself have spent quite some time um, uh, with a, a long playlist of um, items to watch on YouTube, and uh, I continuously update myself with uh, whatever these disciplines and the practitioners or these disciplines offer to um, to the community. Uh, it, it's a free university. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I just, for example, this podcast, when, when I listen to it on a regular basis, every time we release, I listen and I kind of learn a new thing because that mm-hmm. comes from a place of um, practice. That comes from a place of someone has put time and effort to, to get something done and they've learned something from it so they can share. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's just spending half an hour, 20 minutes or 45 minutes listening to podcasts while I'm driving or, uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm cooking. <laughs> um, so it, it is an opportunity for me also to learn something without actually going through the pain. Mm. Uh, and um, there, there's so many opportunities. Also, there are practitioners um, are available to provide mm. that guidance. Uh, if, if anyone is interested, um, I'm available on LinkedIn. Uh, send me a message and I'm more than happy to to have a chat and help. Fantastic. No, I love that moment. I think being able to learn from those that have already been there and done that, uh, being able to reach out to someone like yourself on LinkedIn and and ask, ask you questions. Obviously, uh, we're only really able to scrape the surface on this topic in the, the time that we've had, but I'm sure that those that you know are, are interested in exploring this topic further, they may have uh, more questions coming up that they'll want to uh, reach out and, and connect with you on. So, um, But I just want to thank you for sitting down with me. I've certainly uh, gleaned a lot from you today myself and I'm sure the audience has as well so um, it's been an absolute pleasure thanks for joining me yeah, all pretty of mine thanks Daniel <laughs>